Hello, and welcome to the Mr. Dog Podcast, where we read Albert Bigelow Payne's classic Victorian-era stories about the hollow tree and the animal friends that live there. This show is put on as a compliment to that inimitable masterpiece of children's literature, Mr. Dog's Christmas at the Hollow Tree Inn. Given that we are approaching Christmas time, I thought I'd remind you, dear listeners, of what an amazing present Mr. Dog makes for young folks, old folks, and all of us in between. This is episode 27 of the podcast, if you can believe it, and our story today is called Mr. Crow's Garden. I'm Henry Cordes, and this is the Mr. Dog Podcast, produced by That's So Enterprises. One morning, right after breakfast in the hollow tree, Mr. Crow said he'd been thinking of something ever since he woke up. And if the coon and the possum thought it was a good plan, he believed he'd do it. He said, of course, they knew how good Mr. Rabbit's garden always was, and how he nearly lived out of it during the summer, Mr. Rabbit being a good deal of a vegetarian, by which he meant that he liked vegetables better than anything. Well, the hollow tree people, Mr. Crow said, were a little different in their tastes, though he didn't know just what the name for them was. He said he thought they might be humanitarians, because they liked the things that Mr. Man and other human beings liked, but that he wasn't sure whether that was the right name or not. Well, then Mr. Possum said for him to never mind about the word, but to go on and talk about his plan if it had anything to do with something to eat, for he was getting pretty tired of living on little picked-up things such as they had been having this hard spring. And Mr. Coon said so, too. So then Mr. Crow said, Well, I've been planning to have a garden this spring, like Mr. Rabbit's. Humph, said Mr. Possum. I thought you were going to start a chicken farm. But Mr. Crow said no, that the big deep woods didn't seem a healthy place for chickens, and that they could pick up a chicken here and there by and by, and then if they had nice green peas to go with it, or some green corn or even a tender salad, it would help out especially when they had company, like Mr. Robin, or Mr. Squirrel, or Mr. Rabbit, who cared for such things. So then the coon and the possum both said that to have green peas and corn was a very good idea, especially when such things were mixed with young chickens with plenty of dressing and gravy, and that as this was a pleasant morning, they might walk over and call on Jack Rabbit, so that the old black crow could find out about planting things. Mr. Possum said that his uncle Silas Lovejoy always had a garden, and he had worked it a good deal when he was young, but that he had forgotten just how things should be planted, though he knew the moon had something to do with it. And if you didn't get the time right, the things that ought to grow up would grow down, and the down things would all grow up, so that you'd have to dig your peas and pick your potatoes, when the other way was the fashion, and thought to be better in this climate. So then the hollow tree people put on their things, and went out into the nice April sunshine, and walked over to Jack Rabbit's house, saying how pleasant it was to take a little walk this way, when everything was getting green. And they passed by where Mr. and Mrs. Robin were building a new nest, and they looked in on a cozy little hollow tree where Mr. Squirrel, who had just brought home a young wife from over by the Big West Hills, had set up housekeeping with everything new except the old-fashioned feather bed and homemade spread, 
which Miss Squirrel had been given by her folks. They looked through Mr. Squirrel's house and said how snug it was, and that perhaps it would be better not to try to furnish it too much at once, as it was nice just to get things as one was able, instead of doing everything at the start. When they got to Mr. Rabbit's house, he was weaving a rag carpet for his front room, and they all stood behind him and watched him weave. And by and by, Mr. Coon wanted to try it, but he didn't know how to run the treadle exactly, and got some of the strands too loose and some too tight. So he gave it up, and they all went out to look at Mr. Rabbit's garden. Well, Mr. Rabbit did have a nice garden. It was all laid out in rows, and was straight and trim, and there wasn't a weed anywhere. He had things up, too, peas and lettuce and radishes, and he had some tomato plants growing in a box in the house, because it was too early to put them out. Mr. Rabbit said that a good many people bought their plants, but that he always liked to raise his own from seed, because then he knew just what they were and what to expect. He told them how to plant the different things, and about the moon, and said there was an old adage in his family that if you remembered it, you'd always plant at the right time. The adage, he said, was, Peas and beans in the light of the moon, both in the pot before it's June. And of course he only had to change light to dark and use it for turnips and potatoes and such things, though really it was sometimes later than June, but June was near enough and rhymed with moon better than July and August. He said he would give Mr. Crow all the seeds he wanted, and that when he was ready to put out tomatoes he would let him have plenty of plants too. Then Mr. Coon said it would be nice to have a few flower seeds, and they all looked at Mr. Coon, because they knew he had once been in love, and they thought by his wanting flowers that he might be going to get that way again. But Mr. Rabbit said he was fond of flowers too, especially the old-fashioned kind, and he picked some out for Mr. Coon. And then he went to weaving again, and the hollow tree people watched him a while, and he pointed out pieces of different clothes he had had, that he was weaving into his carpet, and they all thought how nice it was to use up one's old things that way. Well, by and by, the hollow tree people went back home, and they began their garden right away. It was just the kind of a day to make a garden, and they all felt like it. So they spaded and hoed and raked, and didn't find it very easy, because the place had never been used for a garden before, and there were some roots and stones. And pretty soon Mr. Possum said that Mr. Crow and Mr. Coon might go on with the digging, and he would plant the seeds, as he had been used to such work when he lived with his Uncle Silas as a boy. So then he took the seeds, but he couldn't remember Mr. Rabbit's adages, which told whether beets and carrots and such things as grow below the ground had to be planted in the dark of the moon or the light of the moon, and it was the same about beans and peas and the things that grow above the ground. And when he spoke to Mr. Crow and Mr. Coon about it, one said it was one way, and the other the other way. And then Mr. Possum said he wasn't planting the things in the moon anyhow, and he thought Mr. Rabbit had made the adages to suit the day he was going to plant, and that they would work either way. So then Mr. Possum planted everything there was, and showed Mr. Coon how to plant his flower seeds. And when they were all done, they stood off and admired their nice garden, and said it was just about as nice as, as Mr. Rabbit's, and maybe nicer in some ways, because it had trees around it and was a pleasant place to work. 
Well, after that they got up every morning, and went out to look at their garden, to see if any of the things were coming up. And pretty soon they found a good many things coming up, but they were not in hills and rows. And Mr. Possum said they were weeds, because he remembered that Uncle Silas's weeds had always looked like those, and how he and his little cousins had had to hoe them. So then they got their hoes and hoed every morning, and by and by they had to hoe some during the day, too, to keep up with the weeds. And the sun was pretty hot, and Mr. Possum did most of his hoeing over by the trees where it wasn't so sunny, and said that hereafter he thought it would be a good plan to plant all their garden in the shade. Every day they kept looking for the seeds to come up, and by and by a few did come up, and then they were quite proud, and went over and told Jack Rabbit about it. And Mr. Rabbit came over to give them some advice, and said he thought their garden looked pretty well for being its first year, and put in late, though it looked to him, he said, as if some of it had been planted the wrong time of the moon, and he didn't think so much shade was very good for most things. But Mr. Possum said he'd rather have more shade and less things, and he thought next year he'd let his part of the garden out on shares. Well, it got hotter and hotter, and the weeds grew more and more, and the hollow tree people had to work and hoe and pull nearly all day in the sun to keep up with them. And they would have given it up pretty soon, only they wanted to show Jack Rabbit that they could have a garden too. And by and by, when their things got big enough to eat, they were so proud that they invited Mr. Rabbit to come over for dinner. And they sent word to Mr. Turtle too, because he likes good things and lives alone, not being a family man like Mr. Robin and Mr. Squirrel. Now, of course, the Hollow Tree people knew that they had no such fine things in their garden as Jack Rabbit had in his, and they said they couldn't expect to, but they'd try to have other things to make up. And Mr. Crow was cooking for two whole days, getting his chicken pies and his puddings and such things ready for that dinner. And then when the morning came for it, he was out long before sunup to pick the things in the garden while they were nice and fresh with the dew on them. But when Mr. Crow looked over his garden, he felt pretty bad. For after all, the new potatoes were little and tough, and the peas were small and dry. The beans were thin and stringy, and the salad was pretty puny and tasteless. And the corn was just nubbins, because it didn't grow in a very good place, and maybe hadn't been planted or tended very well. So Mr. Crow walked up and down the rows and thought a good deal and finally decided that he'd just take a walk over towards Jack Rabbit's garden to see if Mr. Rabbit's things were really so much better after all. It was just about sunrise, and Mr. Crow knew Jack Rabbit didn't get up so soon, and he'd made up his mind that he wouldn't wake him when he got there, but would just take a look over his nice garden and come away again. So when he got to Mr. Rabbit's back fence, he climbed through a crack, and sat down in the weeds to rest a little and to look around. And he saw that Mr. Rabbit's house was just as still and closed up as could be, and no signs of Jack Rabbit anywhere. So then Mr. Crow stepped out into the corn patch, and looked along at the rows of fine roasting ears, which made him feel sad because of those little nubbins in his own garden. And then he saw the fine fat peas and beans and salads in Jack Rabbit's garden, and it seemed to him that Mr. Rabbit could never in the world use up all those things himself.
So Mr. Crow decided that he would thin out a few of Mr. Rabbit's things, which seemed to be too thick anyway to do well. It would be too bad to disturb Mr. Rabbit to tell him about it, and Mr. Crow didn't have time to wait for him to get up if he was going to have his dinner ready on time. So Mr. Crow picked some large ears of corn and some of Mr. Rabbit's best peas and beans and salads and filled his apron with all he could carry and climbed through the back fence again and took out for home without wasting any more time. And when he got there, Mr. Coon and Mr. Possum were just getting up. And he didn't bother to tell them about borrowing from Mr. Rabbit's garden, but set out some breakfast and as soon as it was over, pitched in to get ready for company. Mr. Coon and Mr. Possum flew around, too, to make the room look nice, and by and by everything was ready, and the table was set, and the hollow tree people were all dressed up and looking out the window. Pretty soon they saw Mr. Turtle coming through the timber, and just then Jack Rabbit came in sight from the other direction. Mr. Turtle had brought a basket of mussels, which always are nice with a big dinner, like oysters, and Mr. Rabbit said he would have brought some things out of his garden, only he knew the hollow tree people had a garden too this year, and would want to show what they could do in that line themselves. He said he certainly must take a look at their garden, because he had heard a good deal about it from Mr. Robin. Well, then Mr. Crow felt a little chilly, for he happened to think that if Mr. Rabbit went out into their garden, and then saw the fine things which were going to be on the table, he'd wonder where they came from. So he said right away that, Dinner was all ready, and they'd better sit down while things were hot and fresh. So then they all sat down, and first had the mussels which Mr. Turtle had brought, and there were some fine sliced tomatoes with them. And Mr. Rabbit said he hadn't supposed that such fine, big tomatoes as those could come out of a new garden that had been planted late, and that he certainly must see the vines they came off of before he went home, because they were just as big as his tomatoes if not bigger, and he wanted to see just how they could do so well. Then Mr. Crow felt real chilly, and Mr. Coon and Mr. Possum both said they hadn't supposed their tomatoes were so big and ripe, although they hadn't looked at them since yesterday. But Mr. Rabbit said that a good many things could happen overnight, and Mr. Crow changed the subject as quick as he could, and said that things always looked bigger and better on the table, than they did in the garden, but that he'd picked all the real big ripe tomatoes, and he didn't think there would be any more. Well, after the mussels, they had the chicken pie, and when Mr. Rabbit saw the vegetables that Mr. Crow served with it, he looked at them and said, My, what fine peas and beans, and what splendid corn! I am sure your vegetables are as good as anything in my garden, if not better. I certainly must see just the spot where they grew. I would never have believed you could have done it, never, if I hadn't seen them right here on your table with my own eyes. Then Mr. Turtle, too, said they were the finest he ever tasted. And Mr. Possum and Mr. Coon both said they wouldn't have believed it themselves yesterday, and it was wonderful how much everything had grown overnight. And then the old black crow choked a little and coughed and said, he didn't seem to relish his food, and pretty soon he said that, of course, that their garden had done pretty well, but that it was about through now, as these were things he had been saving for this dinner, 
and he had gathered all the biggest and best of them this morning, before Mr. Possum and Mr. Coon were up. When Mr. Crow said that, Jack Rabbit looked the other way and made a very queer face, and you might have thought he was trying to keep from laughing if you had seen him. But maybe he was only trying to keep from coughing, for pretty soon he did cough a little, and said that the early morning was the proper time to gather vegetables, that one could always pick out the best things then, and do it quietly before folks were up. Well then Mr. Crow felt a cold, shaky chill that went all the way up and down, and he was afraid to look up, though of course he didn't believe Mr. Rabbit knew anything about what he had done, only he was afraid that he would look so guilty that everybody would see it. He said his head was a little dizzy with being over the hot stove so much, and he hoped they wouldn't think of going out until the cool of the evening, as the sun would be too much for him, and of course he wanted to be with them. Poor Mr. Crow was almost afraid to bring on the salad, but he was just as afraid not to. Only he did wish he had picked out Mr. Rabbit's smallest bunches instead of his biggest ones, for he knew there were no such other salads anywhere as those very ones he had borrowed from Mr. Rabbit's garden. But he put it off as long as he could, and by and by Jack Rabbit said that there was one thing he was sure the hollow tree couldn't beat him on, and that was salad. He said he had never had such fine heads as he had this year, and that there were a few heads especially that he had been saving to show his friends. Well, then the coon and possum said no, their salads were not very much, unless they had grown a great deal overnight like the other things. And when Mr. Crow got up to bring them, he walked wobbly, and everybody said it was too bad that Mr. Crow would always go to so much trouble for company. Well, when he came in with that bowl of salad and set it down, Mr. Turtle and Jack Rabbit said, Did you ever in your life? But Mr. Possum and Mr. Coon just sat and looked at it, for they thought it couldn't be true. And then pretty soon Mr. Rabbit said that he would take back everything he had told them about his salad, and that he was coming over to take some lessons from the hollow tree people, and especially from Mr. Crow, on how to raise vegetables. He said that there were a good many ways to raise vegetables. Some raised them in a garden, some raised them in a hothouse, some raised them in the market. But that Mr. Crow's way was the best way there was, and he was coming over to learn it. He said they must finish their dinner before dark, for he certainly must see just where all Mr. Crow's wonderful things came from. Well, then Mr. Crow felt the gray spot on his head getting a good deal grayer, and he dropped his knife and fork and swallowed two or three times, and tried to smile, though it was a sickly smile. He said that Mr. Rabbit was very kind, but that Mr. Possum and Mr. Coon had done a good deal of the work, too. But Jack Rabbit said, no, that nobody but an industrious person like Mr. Crow could have raised those vegetables. A person who got up early, he said, and was used to taking a little trouble to get the best things. And then Mr. Crow went after the dessert, and was glad enough that there were no more vegetables to come, especially of that kind. And Mr. Rabbit seemed to forget about looking at the garden until they were all through. And then he said that before they went outside, he would read a little poem he had composed that morning, lying in bed and looking at the sunrise across his own garden. He said he called it, Me and My Garden.
Oh, it's nice to have a garden on which to put my labors. It's nice to have a garden, especially for my neighbors. I like to see it growing when skies are blue above me. I like to see it gathered by those who really love me. I like to think in winter of pleasant summer labors. Oh, it's nice to have a garden, especially for my neighbors. Everybody said that was a nice poem and sounded just like Mr. Rabbit, who was always so free-hearted. All except Mr. Crow, who tried to say it was nice and couldn't. Then Mr. Rabbit said they'd better go out now to see the hollow tree garden. But Mr. Crow said, really, he couldn't stand it yet, and they could see by his looks that he was feeling pretty sick. And Mr. Turtle said it was too bad to think of taking Mr. Crow out in the sun when he had worked so hard. So then they all sat around and smoked and told stories, and whenever they stopped, Mr. Crow thought of something else to do, and seemed to get better towards night, and got a good deal better when it got dark. And Mr. Jackrabbit said all at once that now it was too late to see the hollow tree garden, and that he was so sorry, for he knew he could have learned something if he could just have one look at it, for nobody could see those vegetables in that garden without learning a great deal. And then he said he must go, and Mr. Turtle said he guessed he must go, too. So they both set out for home, and when Jack Rabbit got out of sight of the hollow tree and into a little open, moonlit place, he just laid down on the ground and rolled over and laughed and kicked his feet and sat up and rocked and looked at the moon and laughed some more. And he capered and laughed all the way home at the good joke he had all to himself on Mr. Crow. For, of course, Mr. Rabbit had been lying awake in bed that morning when Mr. Crow was in his garden, and he had seen Mr. Crow the whole time. That's our show. Thank you so much for listening. We'll be back with another episode in two weeks. If you like the show, you can help us grow by leaving a review or a rating on iTunes and by telling your friends about us. For more about Mr. Dog, just check out MrDogsChristmas.com, and you can find us on social media at MrDogsChristmas. This has been the Mr. Dog Podcast, a presentation of That's So Enterprises. I'm Henry Cordes. Mm-hmm.